Dexter Stucky presents Industry Friends. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Industry Friends. I'm your host, Dexter Stuckey. I have in the building with me today, Miss Patty Jackson. Miss Jackson is nasty. (laughs) (laughs) See, we're already starting off. (laughs) So, I start the show off every week with a personal story. The personal story I have with Miss Jackson is that, like, when I first met her, I walked into the studio, and it was almost like, you know, you don't really know what people on the radio look like. But then when I saw Patty, the first thing I heard was her voice. I'm like, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> I grew up listening to you. My family, like, listened to you. And, like, the fact that I'm able to work with you on a daily basis and do a podcast with you, it's like, it's almost like a dream that I didn't know that I had coming true in a sense. Wow. Because I've always wanted to be, you know, in a sense, mentored by somebody. And one of the reasons I started this show is because I don't feel like I had mentor- mentorship when I was getting into the industry. And, like, with you, I feel that every single day. Wow. I really do. Okay. I thought I was just being petty. Oh, my God. Funny. (laughs) But it's important to give back. It really is. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can can get to the mountaintop and say, I've made it, I've made it, if you've never made the effort to reach back and help somebody else. I like that. And you know what's funny? That's one of those things that I think that once I get to where I want to be, like that's what I want to remember. I want to always take that and like run with it because like you've done so much, not just for me, but so many other young people that are in this building and some that have moved on from this building and, and different avenues of their life. You've affected so many people. And I want to say it's a short amount of time, but it hasn't been. You've been doing this for 37 years. Mm-hmm. Patty's been on everything that you can think of. She's done urban radio. She's done adult AC. And she's done country. Yes. And hip-hop. And hip-hop. And hip-hop. The country experience. It was one of the greatest learning experiences for me. I would have been a fool to say, I don't want to play country music. Mm -hmm. I learned diction and I learned music. And it was a great launching pad Working country music got me working at an urban station playing, we called it rap back then, playing rap music. Wow. Now, you always say this thing about if you're, you always tell us you need to stay ready. Always be prepared. Always Mm -hmm. be ready. And I think your story really starts with being ready. When you were at WSSJ, you were interning there in Camden. Yes. And one day a DJ didn't show up. Yep. For work, and they said, "Get on there and do the news." Yeah, that's how you that that was your introduction to, and that was my introduction. Somebody didn't show up, and I stepped in, and I was terrible. <laughs> they liked me, okay. And they said, "You know what? We're going to give her a chance." Having a good attitude is also very important. Okay. Now, how did you get the internship? Like, how did that process start for my you? pastor? I used to do all the announcements in church. And my pastor at the time, Reverend Isaac Patterson, lived around the corner from a man who had a radio station. And he told him, she does the announcements at my church. You need to put them on your station. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So he like really, really, really believed in me. And I'm so glad he did. And at first they thought I was too young because I came right out of high school. Okay, But I kind of like warmed down and they were like, 
let's give her a chance. They like my eagerness, I guess you can say. I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Now, in 37 years, you've done it all. Like, you've been on billboards. You've you've hosted um, major award shows. You, you've interviewed major celebrities. But the one thing to me that sticks out to, to me personally is that how open you've been. You've been open with personal journeys that you've dealt with, such as losing your mother, mm-hmm. such as having a stroke, such as um, rehabilitating the stroke, such as a dental, like in, something so, I, I guess, in a sense, like personal as a dental journey. You mm-hmm. shared that all with your viewers. How important do you think it is to be authentic and actually sharing your life? Well, I think that God doesn't put you in a situation and take you out of a situation without being able to bless somebody else. When I went forward with the general dental journey, mm-hmm. no one likes to see the ugly. I lost my entire mouth to gum disease before I was even 50 years old. Oh. I went public to help others because the majority of people that you meet are walking around and they have serious mouth problems, mm. serious gum disease, losing teeth, you know, their, their their gums are bleeding. That's not natural. And you've got to be able to say, I need to take a step for my health. Okay. Were you nervous about sharing that at all? I was. Because no one, no one wants to see the ugly. People only want to see pretty. Yeah. And I, I was pretty jacked up. But the transformation was amazing and undoubtedly the best thing I could have ever done for my life. I look at it as God was like, you can't go up to the next level. You got to have it together. Mm. You got to have your look together. No one's going to pay attention to you if you have a muck mouth. Yeah. And now the, 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 the smile that you see on billboards and it's just like, and it's just like everywhere. And I'm like, God was preparing me for this season that I'm in right now. If you guys don't know what Patty looks like, I would definitely recommend like Googling a picture. Patty is legit teeth goals right now. Like you have <laughs> the best smile in the industry, like bar none. I don't think there's any comparison whatsoever. And I, what I love about it is that, like, like I said, you were very, very open with that journey, which is something that right now we're, we're really trying to do when it comes to social media, mm-hmm. which is another thing I want to talk to you about a little bit because you have become the queen of social media. Um, but still on this thing of sharing like your own personal journey, these billboards that you just discussed, they're from Moss Rehab. Yes. And they're because you shared your story of having a stroke. I said, God, if you, all right, well, first my stroke happened two weeks after my mother died. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to handle depression because she was dying and I wasn't taking care of myself. I know exactly why I had a stroke. Stress, not taking care of myself. So as I laid in that hospital and cried, a funny thing happened. I could hear myself talk. I kept saying, why? Why? Yeah. What's happened to me? What is going on? And I said it so clearly. A lot of times when people have strokes, they can't talk. Right. And I realized that my vision was jacked, couldn't walk, right side out, but I could still speak. And that's when it dawned on me that, God, you're not through with me yet. Mm -hmm. You're not finished. I said, you get me out of this hospital bed and let me regain my steps. I'll spend the rest of my life telling people, men and women, you must take care of yourself. Your health is your wealth. That's not a 
cliched statement. Mm -hmm. You must take care of your health. And you know when you realize it? When you lose it. Yeah. When you can't go to the bathroom by yourself. When someone has to assist you with everything that you do. And you just remember your life before. So independent. So going forward, I just felt it was my duty because we carry a lot. If you have to take care of your parents, you know, they call many of us the sandwich generation, your family, your parents, your work, Mm -hmm. and how you deal with life and stress. And if you don't take care of yourself, you are on the road to serious problems. You you know, one of the... I'm pretty sure we've never discussed this before. I don't really like talk about it often or at all. But one of the things that truly bonded me with you was the stroke. Um, My grandfather actually had a stroke when I was about seven years old. And I remember that the only thing that he would say is my name. And and, like he, he passed away. But like I always remember like being around him and realizing that like the stroke changed him in ways that like I don't even think that he will recognize himself. And, like, when I met you, I almost felt like it was like, and then you said, like, you know, I had a stroke. For me, that was almost like my grandfather in a sense. Like, I feel like I'm here and talking to you and knowing you because of him. Like, in a sense of, like, him, like, I feel like he connected us. And, like, the word stroke just, like, it just really resonates with me. And just knowing somebody and seeing somebody, like, make it through a stroke, it just makes me just look at my grandfather and just, like, think of him and, like, I really, really appreciate you for, like, again, embracing me and also just, like, I don't know, just, like, being who you are. Well, it changed my life. It did. I would not be the person that I am had I not had that stroke. Mm -hmm. It was a wake-up call, a wake-up call to my life, and to take it more serious and to take care of my health. Wow. Okay. That was a little sad. <laughs> I'm really glad that you came out on the other side of that, though. Like now me thinking about it, I'm like, wow, like this is it's really something that people really should take more seriously because it's they the, like you said, you, your health truly is like your wealth. Uh-huh. It really, really is. And more and more younger people are having strokes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that, you know, that old people get. No, more younger people are suffering from heart disease and stroke. And a lot of it is due to lifestyle and stress. Now, uh, to back up a little bit in your story, you initially didn't want to do radio? I always wanted to do radio. Okay. But at first I wanted to be a school teacher. Then I wanted to be a nurse. And then I always had something to say. I was always in front of a microphone. I was a little girl that did the poems in church, called a worship, Youth Sunday. I was the basketball announcer in high school. I was the high school announcer. <laughs> I was always in front, but I always thought, oh, I'm going to be a school teacher. Oh, I'm going to be a nurse. And I wound up behind the mic for real. Which is where you belong. <laughs> for sure where you belong. The reason I asked that question is because I, I feel like people who like get into like teachers and stuff like that, like those are great professions. I think they are, and I think they're super necessary. But like a lot of people, and this is what I want people listening to the show to know, like you're truly an inspiration because a lot of people don't chase their dreams. A lot of people say like, you know what, let me do something that's a little bit easier for me or let me find like a more simple, a simple path just to go down. And you didn't just do that. You really found something that you love, that you wanted to do. You stuck with it and you did it. 
Well, I got to tell you something else that's funny. Some people will discourage you from living your dreams. Yeah. That happens a lot as well. So you you have to be careful. And I was young. I still lived at home with my parents. So I could. And I was just very determined. Mm-hmm. This is what I was put on here at Earth to do. How, how did your parents react when you told them, like, I want to get My mother was very for it. Like, go for your dream. Mm-hmm. My father wanted me to get a good government job. Okay. He felt that if you have a good government job, you'd be taking care of the rest of your life. <laughs> and then you should just go on and get a good government job. <laughs> and that didn't happen. And he had to see me do it and to say, oh, you're going to be all right. Okay. And now, anytime somebody says, like, oh, Patty, like, how do you like your job? How do you like what you do? I love you, it. You say, I love what I do. I do. And it's funny because, you know, you always hear that cliche, you know, if you do something you love, you never have to work a day again, another day in your life. I never feel like I'm working. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on, but I never feel like like I'm working. Now, as far as evolving with the times, you've been doing this for 37 years, so you've seen a bunch of different things come and go. Trends come and go. You've seen people come and go. You've seen artists come and go. You've seen social media evolve mm-hmm. how do you stay in the forefront of that stuff well i was kind of challenged about the social media uh they thought that we couldn't do it at at das it was like oh they're the older blacks you know they they're they're not going to do it they're not going to get the hang of it and i did and then I kind of like fell in love with it. Yes, it, it's another extension. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I have to do more than just the radio part. Okay. So what I did was I tapped into my strengths. I love entertainment. I love pop culture. That's my thing. And it's just a natural extension to me mm-hmm. to do what I do on social media. Now, a lot of people, when they say social media, they mean like, you know, you tweet or you might have a Facebook page or you do Instagram. You mm-hmm. do Twitter. You do Facebook. You do Instagram. You do YouTube, which is something new for you. You've just jumped into the avenue of YouTube. Patty actually does a show, um, Patty's 411. It's a daily show that she does on YouTube. She's the mm-hmm. auntie of pop culture on YouTube. The channel has grown tremendously in less than six months. Yeah, it has grown Like, I was like, wow, people really like this. This is an avenue you had no idea about it. You just said one day, I remember you was like, you know what, (laughs) I want to get on YouTube. And you did it. And I'm just like, I'm amazed by it because like that doesn't happen for really for anybody. Like you just get on there and you just automatically just grow your audience. And it's not even like, oh, well, you know, she's already on the radio. No, you grew an organic audience on YouTube, which... I don't know if you know, but that's really difficult to do. Like, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people, Like, I'll look at the comments, and a lot of people are like, oh, I'm listening to you from Africa. Yeah. Oh, I'm listening to you from Canada. Those aren't just regular Philadelphia people who know you from the radio. No. When you see stuff like that, what, does, what, what, what goes through your mind? It warms my heart. Okay. I'm like, oh, they <laughs> like it. They're, they're, they're watching from all over when they check in from London, England. Mm-hmm. And I think it really took off so fast. There's a lot of bad YouTube channels out here. And I think we get right to the point and we're just naturally funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just our take on pop culture yeah. and entertainment. And you've also been one of the 
I want to say legend. You, you're probably one of the only legends that I see personally, like grabbing in younger talent. You actually have a, a, a podcast, Patty and the Millennials, which is another new industry that you've jumped into podcasting. Yeah. Patty and the Millennials, which I'm a part of. Um, you grab millennials, put them on the forefront of their. How important was it to you to, to use millennials? I love having conversation. See, I'm, I, it's okay to disagree. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You don't have to, we don't have to hate each other because we may not think the same way mm-hmm. or they don't do what you do. I am fascinated by people all the time. I'm fascinated by Gen X. I'm a baby boomer. Fascinated by millennials, your world, what you're thinking. You know, it, it keeps me young, but it's important. You can't say, I'm at the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here. You must always reach back. And, and you pay attention. Yeah, you do. You have to pay a attention. A lot of people will bring millennials in to have conversations, but they don't listen. You truly listen. And not only do you listen, you tell us stuff. So, Like we did an edition earlier today, and I'm like, how do you know about this? Every <laughs> week I'm like, how do you know that this is happening in the world? But you are so informed. Even with television shows, you're like, did you watch this show? Did you know about this? Did you know about that? You are so informed and you keep it, you keep yourself, you keep reinventing yourself. Every time I see you, it's like a, you know something different, you've done something different, and it's truly like remarkable to see that. Well, you know what? In order to last uh, as long as I have, mm-hmm. you must keep up. You can never sit on your laurels. You have to be able to keep up and do and be willing to put in the work, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I love what I do doing these other things. Yes, it's more work, but I really enjoy it. And I I love what I do. And I think it shows, too. I, I love telling you that Smokey Robinson is mad at us <laughs> because of that, that Motown tribute uh-huh. to the Grammys. And I'm like, well, Smokey. She never said thank you to Barry Gordy. <laughs> Only I would be petty enough but, to realize but that you, that moment happened. And, but it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Now, in your storied career, 37 years, have you inter- ever interviewed somebody that you're like, this is the best interview that I've ever done? Oh, God. Lisa Fisher, Lionel Richie, Patty Austin. Okay. Patty Austin, I thought I was looking in a mirror. We were so much alike. Really? We giggled alike. We were like two friends that when we were just sitting there and just talking, it, it literally felt like I'm looking in the mirror at myself. Mm-hmm. This woman has the same kind of humor that I had. Lionel Richie, I thought I knew him all of my life. Really? We oh. just bonded with, you know, the love of music mm-hmm. and stuff. And we just sat there and just talked and it was great. Have you ever had an interview where you're like, you know what, I should, this wasn't that good, or maybe we should do it over? Yeah, no, <laughs> we're not doing it over. I'm too old. I don't do things over. Okay, I've had horrendous interviews. People that I'm not, I'm don't ask me to interview them again. Oh wow, I never want to interview K. Michelle. Uh, I never want to interview Corsette Michelle. One of the funniest interviews I ever did with mm-hmm. Dion Warwick. I love Dion, and sometimes I become too attached. Or I'm thinking, oh, we could talk about anything. Mm-hmm. So Dionne Warwick, you know, she's in the studio. She sits down. On the 80s, she used to do the Psychic Network. I remember. So I said, because to me, Dionne Warwick is my aunt mm-hmm. in my head. 
I said, you know what? You're messing around with them psychics. I said, ain't no, no good come to that. <laughs> you said, ain't no good gonna come from yeah. that? <laughs> she read me for film. <laughs> she read me. And she said, this is how I make money. And da, 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 da. The interview was over. I was not trying to be smart, funny, disrespectful. I just felt. For the connection. I thought we had a connection. She let me know. No, you ain't got no damn connection. <laughs> so my boss at the time was like, what did you say to Dionne Woodward? Well, you know, she's like my aunt in my head. He was like, <laughs> an aunt. <laughs> and I had to learn that as much as I may like somebody, I got to. I got to reel it in. I can't. Don't get too comfortable because you really, you don't know this woman. Yeah. She, she rough. But <laughs> a couple of years later, I was able to make amends. I said, we started off wrong. I said, let's start over again. Okay. Miss Warwick, I'm Patty Jackson. And I'm a fan. I'm a real fan. Do you know the way to San Jose? A letter to Mike Olo? I love Dean yeah. Warwick. You let her know. And I let her know. I said, <laughs> I wanted to start over again. Because things were a little rocky first, but how did she but respond? We good. Okay, she, okay. Oh yeah, she said, "Come here and hug me, baby." I said, "Okay." <laughs> and so then I said to myself, "See, she is mine." <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, the, the one of the reasons I wanted to ask those questions, not necessarily because I'm, I'm like I want to get too much in your business, but more so because like I really wanted people to learn those lessons. People who are listening to this show, I want them to know that like. Maybe we shouldn't get too comfortable when we're having conversations with people and also really fill out a situation before we throw stuff out there. Mm -hmm. um, another part of the show that I really love to do is I like to say what's next. Now, I've been telling you for the longest <laughs> that I need you to write a book. And then I'm like, you know what? Like, let's just get a bunch. Let's get an interview with Patty Jackson. So right now we'll have this interview, but we need a book. A book is coming, but a book is hard. Yeah. <laughs> a book is hard. It is. A book is very hard. Um, I thought, it, it. let's just put it like this. It's much harder than I ever imagined. Mm -hmm. It's much harder. And I need to get more disciplined into writing this book. Okay. I do. I, 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 you're right. I need to write this book. I, have, I am brimming with stories. To, you know, to get out, to tell mm -hmm. teachable moments, but, you know, you'll laugh at the same time. I need to get serious and do that because I haven't. <laughs> now, in the meantime, while we're waiting <laughs> on this book, I do think I thought of something else that you could do. Cook. <laughs> I, um, Patty's the best chef in the world. Like, like, no questions. I also think that you should... You could do a cookbook, actually. I could, but we got to do the other book first. <laughs> Doing books is hard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> got to be disciplined. I think also you could take over for Wendy Williams. I'm such a radio chick. I really love radio, mm -hmm. and I am comfortable. But I think they, they're they going to go with somebody who's just a little— to most, pe to most people here in the Delaware Valley, you know, they know me. Mm-hmm. But I think they're looking for someone who's even more, more well known. I'm I'm getting there, and they would probably want to go younger. You really don't find a woman over fifty who can still be current and still be 
be with it and people feel mm-hmm. comfortable. But that's why I think you, you know, should do it. Ageism is is huge. Yes. You know, so for right now, I see God preparing me. Okay. You know, when we do lives, when we do YouTube, they're funny. Mm-hmm. Like they real, and it's it's not scripted. Right. It's just me. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I'm rushing with stories at the last minute because I got so much going on. But it's not scripted, Dex. It is just you're on. <laughs> <laughs> when you see the light come on, I just I go. see the light. I just go. I just go. Well, I love telling stories and I love letting people know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I say it's not cute not knowing. And it's not. It's not. I find it appalling when people don't know what's going on. And I Doing. You don't know. <laughs> Not that you've got to be a brainiac, but I, I do have short patience with people who don't have, who don't know pop culture, or at least know what the top headline of the day is. Especially when they're trying to talk about it, too. Oh, my God. Yes. It's like, <laughs> read a paper. <laughs> read the newspaper. <laughs> and then, to close out every show, I always ask for a puzzle piece. Now, with the puzzle pieces, I look at the world that it's just like a big, giant, blank canvas, and we're all connecting different puzzle pieces together to create an overall, like, a masterpiece. So, if you had to put your puzzle piece on the board, it could either be a mantra that you go by, some advice for someone who may want to follow in your footsteps, or just something that you just, a, a quote that you like. Like, what would you say your piece is? Preparation is the key to success. I love the quote from Maya Angelou. People may forget your name. People may forget, they may forget what you say, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. Okay. And if you can make people feel good, they'll remember that. I like to greet people with a smile. I also can be very petty, Scorpio. <laughs> petty is a lifestyle. <laughs> I can I can be just as petty as the next one. You'll feel that too. You'll feel that sting. But most of the day, I'm I'm very nice. Okay. And I like to treat people with kindness and with love. Okay. But don't cross me. But don't cross you. Uh-uh. <laughs> because, then, because then petty becomes a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of petty as a lifestyle, you've been posting these uh, very colorful posts on social media um, that are very in tune with being petty as a lifestyle. So with that uh-huh. being said, where can they find you on social media? At WDAS Patty. If you want to laugh, whoo, child. WDAS Patty. I have a YouTube channel, Patty Jackson. It's always Patty with a Y. Facebook, Patty Jackson. Did you just look on those and and you'll find me and and you will laugh. <laughs> Thank you once again, Patty, for coming in. I love you, Dexter. I Thank love you, you too, Patty. Thank you. You're welcome. Guys, this has been another edition of Industry Friends. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Industry Friends. I am the host, Dexter Stuckey. If you liked what you heard, do me a favor and rate the show. Subscribe to the show. Review the show. Repost the show. Please tell your friends about it. I really appreciate it. Industry Friends, your audio foot in the door. Industry Industry Friends. Friends.